This is Brock and Salk. Brock Eward is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. What we want to do, you are a man of the really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Hello! Hello! All right, Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. Get back to some baseball conversation with Jeff Passan coming up in 30 minutes as our regular Tuesday. He was pretty excited about Julio yesterday, and it's 30-30, so uh, we'll talk to Jeff in 30 minutes. Of course, the uh, the big news last night was Aaron Rodgers playing just four plays before getting hurt. He appears to have torn his Achilles. We'll find out for sure today exactly what has happened, but that is certainly the, uh, the assumption being made. I got a bunch of questions for you, Brock, about this. Let me start with this one. Sorry, actually from Tom Pelissero right now on MRI confirmed ah, all right, there you go. that Aaron Rodgers has a complete tear of his left Achilles. Yeah, so that's going to be that. Brock. Yes. Which NFL New York football fan base had a worse week? The Giants or the Jets? Oh, the Jets. Not even close. Really? Oh, absolutely. It's I mean, not the close. Giants got The Jets won. Yeah, you know the the, the Jets. Their hearts, the Giants, absolutely the heart and soul. And if you watch Hard Knocks, as more and I did, you would have realized everything was built around him. Not just the production, not just HBO, although they played a huge hand in that. Every coach, every conversation, every meeting room, everything in that team was built around number eight. That here we go. He, he is going to be the guy, and he's an unbelievable player. He is cerebral. He's smart. He's He sees things that others don't. He's got 18 years of experience in this league. And, yeah, to see that after four plays torn apart, truly. I mean, I could give you the old Don O'Neill and rip a piece of paper here into the old microphone. That's that. The Giants, brutally embarrassed. Humbled all of it. But they've got 16 games and, as you've talked about, pretty good D-line, some other core attributes, and that was the biggest piece of humble pie served. But, yeah, clearly to me, that's the Jets. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> the Giants look like they were pretty bad shape. So, all right. So they had the worst, the yes. worst week. Okay, fine. How do you think Blue of Earth took the whole thing yesterday? That's, now that's a good question. Now is she? Does remember, Heather know how obsessed you are with Blue of Earth. Let's remember. The last we heard from Blue of Earth, Aaron Rodgers' ex-girlfriend, she was in Peru, right? right? And he had essentially stranded her there and wouldn't go help her get out after she was like a political prisoner in Peru. Yeah, we can get blasted out to the ethers and you can receive Christ consciousness codes and see the potential of the human experience and dive and swim through the waters of the Akashic Ocean. Right, that's how he's going to go heal himself now. But... I- <laughs> Do you think she is capable of feeling some level of revenge? Or do you think that, you know, she lets all that go and it's sort of beyond her? Or do you think she was laughing hysterically like you were? So she finds if you objectively were to funny. give yourself one archetype that you feel like you represent currently. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just plotting you right here. Yeah, seriously. Hmm. She doesn't feel like she could possibly like harbor bitter- bitterness. Yeah, no. No. one, just no. one. But there's just so many. That's so many, and that, that that's what it talks about in the Gene Keys is just sort of breezing on into. Yeah. Oh god. So you I'm think sorry. she's she's okay today? She just lets it go. You think she called him? Do you think she knows if she's still in that? It's a good question. <laughs> I don't did know. she? It, did she? Did they go to Peru to go into one of those quiet chambers too? Darkness? Chambers? No, she was no. protesting something down there. Or something Accessing like and tapping into auras, yeah. timeline, right. past lives. Yep. I mean, all these different experiences, and you're, you're retaining a large amount of information in a very okay. short period of time. Yeah, right. <laughs> she, she she's busy. Fast. Her most recent post is um, advertising something called Arcadia. It's a uh, 
Festival. Oh, okay. It says a revival of lineage combining the best music of our time with an ethos that stands for personal and collective transformation. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder okay. if there was, you know, with all the Greek, uh, you know, ethos and stuff like that, I wonder if that's why it was an Achilles injury because of the oh, uh, my Greek connection there. Oh, I did see a joke last night on Twitter when... He went in the blue tent that he went into another darkness retreat. <laughs> another darkness. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's not. I don't find it objectively funny. I'm it's sorry. objectively funny. Brock, should quarterbacks play in the preseason? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think you should play. I think what they did with Geno, play a couple series. Get it, just go play a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I would be for that. This had nothing to do with his Achilles, though. That had nothing. His, his lack of playing time in the, in the preseason – I think you could argue that his reps in camp, they are a team. And this has got to be said, right? These teams like the Rams and others, well, oh, you know, play any of their starters. Their scrimmages when they go against other teams on the practice field, it is as close to live and in some ways even maybe better than some of those game reps that you do get in one series of a, of a preseason game. So he got those. Um, yeah, I, I think you can play a little bit. That has nothing. Zero, zip, zilch tied for me to this injury last night. Okay. None. I just saw some people sort of wondering about it and seeing, you know, some of the... Like, what he got the ball out? Like, if he had played a series or two in the preseason or yeah. a quarter, you know, maybe his QB clock of like, okay, this is a quick game, get the ball out. Yeah. And- I mean, maybe then it would have happened in the preseason. So, I mean, it, it's difficult to say. And I, I, I tend to probably fall on the side of keep guys healthy over everything else. Well, here, yeah, but- I mean, here's the thing. Like, in my era, in the 90s, four preseason games, right? And into the 2000s, how many quarterbacks were lost? How many teams lost their starting quarterback for the season in the preseason? Can you think of one? Can you think of – I'm sure there's maybe one. But seriously, we played into the third quarter of, course. of preseason games. You played a quarter. You played a quarter and a half. You played into the third quarter. Were, were there guys lost left and right? Were franchise QBs done for the year in the pre – I can't – honestly, Textoy helped me out. I knew Drew Brees hurt his elbow in the, in the Pro Bowl. I know that there have been some freak stuff. But there was not this just like litany of injuries. It wasn't an injuries. epidemic anyway. No. Yeah. No. It does seem odd. It does seem like they're giving you an opportunity in a world where there's less and less time to practice to go out and figure out and get your stuff together before the season starts, and oh. you're just not taking it. And then the last part of this story, Brock, is, of course, Zach Wilson, who goes out there, didn't play well, but won the game. Uh, Eli and Peyton were fairly disgusted with him. How many times will Zach Wilson throw the ball the rest of the game. So far, it looks like he's thrown it 12 times. Will he reach 25 times? No. Three more at the most. Three more passes to him. Here's one of them. Oh, well, he, there we go. Let's just go backwards. Let's just oh, run backwards. Away. Throw it anywhere. Looks like... Peyton's not wild about having no. to watch Zach Wilson. No. He was so mad. He had, I mean, which, by the way, is also funny to me. Uh, Peyton being upset is also very entertaining. I got to yeah. tell you, I know people love that thing. I, I just don't get it. I thought it was good last oh, night. God, yeah, I thought do I not actually, get it? Yeah, I thought actually last night it was Did pretty... they announce a third co-host? I don't think so. I think no. that was all spoof. That was all spoof. Uh, I think so. I, I think yeah, there's certainly, I mean, they had guests on. Very if wacky. it's magic on and stuff, but I don't think... I'm not just not be, a different sense of humor from everybody else. I don't think the Mannings are very funny doing that. And I thought Aaron Rodgers getting hurt was flat out hysterical. So. You have said before, Salk, reading the room, right? Like, yeah. 
reading the reading Well, a lot of people room. seem to agree with me on that one. I don't know. There's I just a, <laughs> sorry, in 2016, I found one of uh, Tony Romo, compression fracture in vertebrae. And oh, here. Season game that was against Cliff April. Yeah. Cliff April. Yeah. That's injury. right. I remember yep. that. And 2016, yeah. there was also the Teddy Bridgewater, but I think that was during practice, not during uh, that the was. The Tony Romo one might have actually been like the impetus for that it. Like, been. That might have been it. Like after that, they were like, screw this. We're not going to put these guys out here anymore. Might have been. Yeah, that actually might be the case. Yep, I don't know. Look, I feel bad. I, I'm not like, I don't think people getting hurt in general is funny. Yeah. But I do think Jets fans getting excited about this storyline again, only to have it blow up in their face again, is hysterically funny with two people that I think are fairly bad people in Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Like, that's objectively funny to me. Sardonic. Mm. I don't know if funny. Sardonic. I didn't realize how much I enjoy hating Aaron Rodgers and I was like oh this is it's all over like this is yeah, opening that got, that got stripped this away is from me you. opening yes. all my Christmas presents alone but on Christmas Eve I don't just Eve. hate Aaron Rodgers the player I kind of hate Aaron Rodgers the person uh, so the fact okay. that like it's a totally okay. different yes. thing yes. like I don't just hate him as a player I've come to hate uh, Aaron Rodgers as a person Sa- according to Sam Bradford he blew out his knee in a preseason game in 2014 oh yeah that yeah. happened but that might have made the Rams better yeah that doesn't count I mean that's not yeah. fair that might have been actually the best Wait, thing that possibly could have happened to them can I address something with you guys before we go to break last night when zach wilson came in brock asked what 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 the like bow was was in the back of his head yes and i was like you watched hard knocks you know he ties like a headband around his head and ties it in the back like rambo and i felt like i got no credit for that reference you guys always get mad that i haven't seen these movies have you seen more more no but i knew that rambo wears that how can you you get credit for rambo if you've never seen the problem hold on hold on the problem mora at that point it was wrapped around his neck he hadn't gone Rambo. He right. hadn't put it. No, up, he so. ties it in the it's, in the back. So you I know see the he bow does. The I know he does. Does it say first blood on it? But the first series, if you go back and look at his first series, it was around his neck. Mm. He hadn't put it on his head yet. Rambo hadn't come to life to save the day. <laughs> like, I just, I just like, thought I should get credit for knowing that. That was well done. No, you can have more, some credit. I, I get more, the credit is Great all job. yours. You. Nice job. It's weird that you had to Wikipedia Rambo, but other than that, <laughs> I think it's very cool that you came up with it. We'll be right back. Honestly, I did. I tried to spell it R A N. B.O. at first, and then Rambo? I realized it was M. Oh, not Rambo. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Rambo? <laughs> Everything you need to know next. Jeff Passon coming up at 20 on Brock and Salt. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salt. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, it really was supposed to be, Brock, the game of the year. It should have been an awesome win for the Mariners last night. It certainly was all set up for them to dig themselves out of the problems that they had created. And unfortunately, it all goes the other way. They were up 3 nothing early. They gave it back. They had the bases loaded, no outs in the ninth. They screwed it up. Julio came up with the biggest home run of the year. They wasted that, too. Gino Suarez's error. Of all the things to be mad about last night, that might be the thing that I'm most frustrated by. But... They waste their bullpen ahead of a Brian Wu start tonight where you really may need it again. And you're playing an Angels team that is barely running out anybody who's major league quality. You got to win those games. Mm. And Logan Gilbert, I guess, tried to put a nice spin on it afterwards. Yeah. uh, You know, it's not where we want to be right now, but such a tight race. Anything can happen. I don't think we're far off. I really don't. I think there's a lot of games recently that we could have won. And that's just how it goes. And. It's really just who gets hot at the right time at the end of the season here, and we're we're winding down, getting to that spot. But I think we have everything we need right now, so 
we're like I said, I don't, I don't think we're far off at all. Losing games that you could have won happens, but losing so many of them in a short period, that's where it starts to be an issue. And an even bigger one last night, Brock, because honestly, the mental mistakes is what killed them, yep. and you can't have that. No, you're not that far off. But it's been that way all year. I mean, you play close games. That's the way this team is built. And we know what the margin is. The margin is no extra outs. The margin is don't get thrown out on the base pass multiple times. The margin is play clean defensively. That's your margin to win games. And why August was a career, but not a career, a franchise best. And why September's been a mess. You don't win today, Salk. You've said a few times this year, man, this team has not lost five more than four games. Nope. They have not lost more than four games in a row all year. That will be tested tonight. Absolutely. Uh, It was good to see Jared Kelnick return to the lineup yesterday. Had a nice opposite field single early, but then some tough at-bats late, including whiffing on three pitches in the ninth with a chance to play hero. He did seem to very much understand, though, what he'd been through and learn something from it. I basically was put on a timeout for the last month, month and a half, because of something that I did, and you know, it made me realize that, you know, something that I did affected not only just me, but affected my teammates, affected the fans, uh, the organization. And that's just something that I'll never do again because of how much it hurt inside and um, makes me realize how lucky I am and, you know, to be out here and play every single day. It's, I feel like took it for granted a little bit there. Justin, were you the one who wrote the other day that you're rooting for Kelnick as much as anybody? Yep. I'm so with you. I am rooting so hard for this story to work out. As much as I might have been laughing at the Rogers story, I am rooting like hell for for Jared Kelnick. All I want is for him to be the hero when this is all said and done. Here's the second thing you need to know. Monday was a tell the truth Monday yesterday, Brock. How do you think it went inside that building? (sighs) Hard. That second half. 23 nothing shutout. Uh, that's that's some tough stuff. Not getting home, not hitting explosive plays, not executing, losing your cool, losing your mind late, hurting your football team. We'll talk to KJ at length about this tomorrow. Rule number one, there's not a lot of them. Right? Pete would probably be like a Jared Kelnick parent. There's some timeouts. Right? You're going to go to some timeouts, and there's not a lot of rules. But don't hurt the team. Don't hurt the team. And to me, like that, that was the stinging image. Yeah, there's football to clean up. Yeah, there's angles, you know, and, and routes and execution and pass rush stuff, little details, fundamentals, absolutely. But don't hurt the team. Mm. Don't lose your mind. Don't lose your cool. Clean it up. Because you two, like the Mariners, don't have a lot of margin. Right? You got to play clean for four quarters, and boy, you got one heck of a challenge looming on Sunday. Well, and it's going to get a little bit harder as you got issues at both left and right tackle. We asked Pete about them yesterday. Uh, we're going to, we got some work to do. Um, Charles hurt his toe, and uh, it's a big man, so we got to see how that how he takes to that during the week. We won't know for a while. With with Abe, it's 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 just an old knee thing that he's got going on. He's got an aggravation kind of uh, deal that he's dealing with, and and uh, we just got to see how he handles it. It just got really uncomfortable late in the game, and he, he had to come out. Mm-hmm. Brock, it probably should have been a blue eighty eight question, but Pete uh, did say later that they had veteran Jason Peters in for a visit. Forty one years old, he's a Hall of Famer. He's an unbelievable yep. player yep. in his prime. Can he help? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's like an old man playing racquetball down at the Bellevue Club. Like, how does that guy still do it? He's 81. He's got double knee braces on. How does he possibly get to that ball? Because he knows his angles, and so does Jason Peters. That's objectively funny as well. 
Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, again, I'm sure in a few years it'll be great when the Jets trade for Jordan Love and he comes in and <laughs> ruins their life as well. But history repeating itself, I don't know, I find it entertaining. Uh, Aaron Rodgers lasts all of four plays yesterday in his New York debut. It's now been confirmed it is an Achilles injury, a full tear of the Achilles, and uh, he is going to miss the entire season, which means Zach Wilson is their quarterback once again. Achilles injuries don't hurt, by the way, and I checked in with our buddy Tyler, who Uh who tears Achilles. I said, did it hurt? He said, no, there's just zero movement because nothing's attached. Maybe that's why. If Aaron Rodgers had been, like, hurt, hurt, in like a, Joe like, Theismann broke yeah. his fibula. Dude, that you heard the crack on yeah, television. That's disgusting. Nobody wants to see that. No. But the fact that it's an injury that doesn't even really cause a lot of pain, but just causes him not to be able to play for the year? No. Come on. Uh, the rehab. Ask Tyler how the rehab's I'm been. Sure Tyler it's not is, fun. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty brutal. I'll be kind of curious. I'm sure, how much is, I'm sure uh, Aaron can do his own research on the best way to rehab an stick ankle around? and go from there. You think he'll stick around? 100% New York? yes. You think oh, so? stick around New York? Yeah, I think he'll be on the sidelines oh. every week. You think he'll be there with Zach? Th- no. Because his Q rating, no, I no. will say this, that QB documentary sure helped Kirk Cousins. Hard Knock sure seemed to help Aaron Rodgers. Funny how that works. Would you think a little differently of him if he's actually there? No. I'm going to keep... All season long no, on the sidelines? paying attention to the Aaron Rodgers. He reveals himself to be all the time. The guy who made his coaches wait outside on the highway because he was busy doing something else and bragged about it? No, I'm all set with that. All right, all he's right. in the Josh Hamilton zone to me. Those guys are done. No, thank you. <laughs> That's everything you need to know. Uh, we do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and You know Salt what? Show. You said yesterday or last week, you still got your fastball. I yeah. don't know what that was about. Uh, what was that? I don't remember. Yeah, it was something like, oh, you would have lost your mind. You over- oh, oh it was the George Kirby basketball. stuff. Yeah, it was the George Kirby yeah, stuff. What, yeah. yeah, you would have lost your, you know, you're just showing. You still got a little, you still got that little, you still got a little something to you. <laughs> you still got a little, you can't let it go, which is fine, which is great. I appreciate that about you. You know, you, you do, unlike many who feel the same way, you will verbalize it. You will just say, yeah, man. Bad dude. Oh right, absolutely. I'm I'm the I'm the vo- I'm giving voice to your inner thoughts that you're too embarrassed to say. <laughs> I'm I don't care. I'm I'm fine with that. That's my uh-huh. role in life. We all have a lot in life. This one's mine, uh-huh. right? What voice yeah. does Brock give? Huh? I want to be a hero. <laughs> Brock gives voice to the thing that you've already Come said. On, play he it states for me, the Justin. obvious <laughs> in a way that makes him Justin, sound heroic. Play it for me, please. Yeah. It's play easy me, to state Tyler. the obvious and sound heroic. What I'm here thinking? to give voice to that thing that you're afraid to say, but you know you're feeling it in the back of your mind. I need that hero. That's what's in my head. Twenty-four seven. Can we Jeff get to passing pass that hero? So I can do my pass push-ups him? and break? Is he the hero we need? He'll join us next. Talk through what the Mariners have left in these last three weeks. It is Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. They have four losses in a row all of a sudden. They add up quick for the Mariners, and they've come in a variety of ways. Three of them, though, have been absolutely within their grasp and making them all the more frustrating. Uh, let's bring Jeff Passan into the conversation, our regular Tuesday with Jeff here at 830. Jeff, good morning. How are you? I mean, all four of them kind of within their grasp, no? 
Uh, they had the one, the Bryce Miller starred in the last one in Tampa felt like they kind of got away from them early. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't like so far, it wasn't like they got blown out. But the other three, they've had early leads or even late yep. leads in them, and they found a way to blow them. Look, I get it, Jeff. I, I understand that even really good playoff teams lose to teams where they blow a lead or their bullpen screws it up in September. It happens to everybody, and I try not to freak out about it. The mental mistakes, though, last night in September in a close game against a Triple A Angels team. The, how how seriously should I take the the problem with mental mistakes at this stage in the season? Well, it's it's funny because we've had this conversation about this team, haven't we? Like the the way that they just have lost focus and concentration, but that was like a May conversation. And I, I remember, like, how do we how do we fix that? How do we, you know, we can diagnose it. It's clear, but uh, how do you address it? And that's just on the players. That's on the manager. That's on the individuals. They like if you don't understand at this point that every little mistake you make could be the thing that ends this team season, uh, then then you don't belong around. And I think the players, all of them, all 26 of them, need to to really take that attitude in because they're out of a playoff spot right now, which is a weird thing to say considering where they were just a couple weeks ago. Okay, I'm going to get to some more of the details of some of that stuff, but i got to start on the positive here. i got to start on Julio. You tweeted about it last night, 30 for 30. You know, we're so close to this, Jeff. Give us your national perspective, number one, and number two – Compare and contrast him to Acuna. Uh, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is who Julio Rodriguez wants to be. Um, Julio has never said that to me, but if you look at who Acuna is as a player right now, he's about as close to a perfect offensive player as you can get. Um, He hits for power, and he hits the ball extraordinarily hard. Uh, he hits for average. Uh, he's got amazing speed. And the biggest thing about Acuna to me, if you go and look coming into this year, his strikeout rate for his career was around 25%. He's striking out 11% of the time this year. It's, it, it's the sort of leap that only the best of the best players can do. Because generally speaking, your your ability to put the bat on the ball, uh, your ability to understand the strike zone can only improve marginally over time. The fact that Ronald Acuna has halved his strikeout rate is a wild thing to see. And it's what's fueling, frankly, this incredible MVP season he's having. And uh, And I do think, by the way, despite the fact that Mookie Betts has – uh, more wins above replacement right now. If I had a vote in the National League, Ronald Acuna would be my guy at this moment. Not because I'm transfixed by round numbers, because I, 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 I don't know. I've just never been someone who said, oh, because he did two things that no one's ever done before that both end in zero, like a 30-60 season, that we should be in awe of him. No, let's be in awe of him because the power-speed combination is ridiculous. And that's the same reason, among others, I think, that we're in awe of Julio Rodriguez. But 
beyond just the 30-30 with Julio, it's the clutchness, the the huge moments that he's coming up in. Like that ball that he hit out last night, uh, that was like a that was like a four iron that's pured off the fairway. Like it was low and it was you know it, it wasn't flying high. It didn't have a, a whole ton of arc on it. That thing was just a piss missile. And the way that it got out and, and the reaction uh, among people at the stadium, uh, it was one of those incredible moments that deserved a better payoff than it got. It was a crazy game last night for a bunch of different reasons, but it might have had two of the most impressive home runs I've seen this year based on where the ball was pitched. One obviously being Julio's. Yes. The others, did you see the first one that Ohapi hit? That was up yeah. and in 96, 97 out of the zone, both up and in. And he gets his hands inside it to pull it out at he's, that part. He's, he's very good. Sheesh. Like there's going to there's, there's there's be a lot of Cal Raleigh, Logan O'Hoppy, who's better over the next five years. Yeah, I was uh, I came away pretty darn impressed with that. So unfortunately, they lose that one. They're now uh, they've now lost four straight. Yep. Now what? I'm just looking like I, I know I shouldn't be doing this <laughs> because you can't look past the Angels, even though they are, like you said, kind of a triple A team right now. They they should they should win these two games. Um, you can't look past the Dodgers, of course. You can't look past well, you can't look past the A's. You just hope you hope for a sweep there. Uh, but I, I can't help but look at that, like, last 10 games of the season. How ridiculous is that going to be? And how wonderful are the schedule makers for have, having given us what amounts to a week and a half of playoff baseball before the playoffs even start? So that's what those games yeah. are, guys, right? Yeah, that's how you that's quantify it. Yeah, that's, how you, that's, that's how you quantify so it. Stressful. You have no idea the amount of pain, which is going to lead me. Justin, can you fire it, please? I'm going to do it eight minutes in. I know it's usually 15 minutes in, but, you know, it's it's playoff time. It's personal time. Go ahead and fire the pass. Oh. And pass. Yeah. You need yes. me to take it? <laughs> so bad. The high so note bad. Really, it's so good. Really plays. Oh, it's so bad. So bad. Oh my god. You're lucky we're on so AM bad. radio. Nobody, it's can, so nobody bad. can hear just how bad it is. Oh, okay, it's so bad. It's so good. But you teed me up early with it. Okay, and you you can't wait. Oh, I can't wait for this. It's gonna be amazing. See, that's wonderful for you when you don't have like a personal interest in it. So, passing. Do you have any team? that just makes you sick to your stomach like Salk and I? Do you have any team that loses and you can't sleep like Salk last night? Do you have any team that just moves your water in that kind of way that just infuriates you that, yeah, you could say it's great, but the amount of stress and pain and chaos that it causes you, do you have any rooting interest for any team like that anymore? That is a great question because for the longest time, Brock, the answer was no. And it was, it was a combination of a few things. Thing number one, I grew up in Cleveland. You want to talk about getting punched in the face by sports teams? Right. I can run you through whether it's the Browns when I was younger, uh, you know, the fumble, the drive, uh, the move, um, you know, coming back and, 
uh, just being pathetic and continuing to be. And there, there are these like little teases that the Browns would have. And then they, they would just, it was like Charlie Browning every time. Like the Jets. Last uh, time. Yeah, very much so. Um, the, the Indians, but you know, if you didn't, Oof. if you didn't realize this, the, the Indians now guardians haven't won a world series since 1948. So while yes, I feel your pain, Seattle, uh, you know, almost 50 years is a really, really long time. Uh, like try 80. Um, and, and so because of that, as I got older and as I had less time and, uh, more stress in my life, whether it's work, kids, uh, whatever the case may be, I realized my life was just so much better without rooting for a sports team because as good as the pleasure is when they succeed, the pain when they don't is just not worth it. Wow. Uh, and then, then Patrick Mahomes came to Kansas city and then I real, and, and then I realized, um, this was a couple of years ago. I realized that I have a very finite amount of time left with my older son before he goes to college and never comes back because I don't imagine he's ever going to come back. And so uh, he is a huge Chiefs fan. And so I got Chiefs season tickets because I wanted to, I I didn't want that feeling again because I still hate it. It still nauseates me. The trade-off is still not worth it, even with a team that's won two Super Bowls in the last five years. But I am I am still back there because uh, my child didn't force me to be, but compelled me to be. Gotcha. I tell you, that surprises me, honestly, Joe. I'm not joking. I'm surprised by that a little bit, and and honestly, I I like it. I did not have you pegged. I'm not joking. I'm not making a joke. I did not have you pegged for somebody. As a bandwagoner? Who, no, 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 not the Chiefs thing. Mm-mm. For somebody who would be that emotional about sports. That it would, because oh I I think of you. I'm not. I'm seriously not making a joke. I'm surprised by it. I thought that you're such a smart guy, and you wrote a book that's so analytical and everything else. I think of you as a very analytical human. It's surprising to me that you have that level of passion and emotion that it's hard for you to enjoy sports. Kids, dude, like that's the that that to me is the kryptonite right there. Huh. Uh, they, they will, they will, you know, as much as sports will make you do irrational things, uh, I think kids are, are the, the hub of all irrationality in life. <laughs> That's probably true. Well, speaking of irrationality, what a wonderful segue into George Kirby's comments from over the weekend, because I got to ask you about these. Uh, and at some point, maybe I'll get to Roger Clemens and the fact that it's really rich hearing Roger criticize George. But that doesn't mean George was in the right. Uh, here were the comments, the initial comments he made. I didn't execute. He had a good pitch. Um, I wish I wasn't out there for the seventh, to be honest. So I was at 90 pitches, and I didn't, I didn't think I needed to go anymore, but you know, it is what it is. So. Is that a conversation in the dugout, or is it? It'll be a conversation soon. I mean, really inexplicable. He did go on the next morning. I don't think it's fair to play that without his apology the next morning. Yeah, I just wanted to address what happened yesterday. Obviously, I screwed up, and you know that's not you know that's not me. And you know, 
Skip's always got to pry that ball out of my hands. And he goes on from there, but you get the idea. Jeff, what did you make of that entire ordeal? I mean, it was dumb. I, I also don't think that it's particularly indicative of how George Kirby actually goes about his business. Like, that's the thing. If, if George Kirby weren't the guy who has gone deep into games in the past, I would be like, okay, this guy is just soft, but he's not, he's, you know, he's, he's somebody who went out there and threw like nine innings in a playoff game. Right. Um, I mean, he's, he's somebody who's gone out there and I think actually prides himself on going deep. And that day, uh, didn't have it toward the end and that's going to happen. Like, uh, and, and he talked about it and I, I never am going to criticize an athlete for being honest because that's, that's what we look for, but there are consequences to honesty sometimes. And I, I think George Kirby's reputation did take a hit. Uh, I don't look at him any differently. I don't look at him as someone who doesn't want to be out there. Um, but at, at the same time, this is something that, you know, over time he will certainly recover from because I think he is going to be someone who's throwing 100, 110, 120 pitches in important games. Bear with me here just a little bit, both a, a long question and a little bit of background with it, Jeff. And I know this is totally speculative and you can't really answer and put a percentage and you're an analytical guy. But how many pitchers and young pitchers in 2023 have those thoughts rambling in their skull versus young pitchers in 2003 with that same thought? And I ask that because of your book. I ask that because these young guys know that this thing hanging to my shoulder here is a ticking time bomb. And what yeah. I'm doing with it today versus what they did with it in 83 and in 93 and in 03 is different. And I've got to look out for this thing on, you know, that, that's making my living. So I wonder if, and I'm sorry, it's kind of long winded, but just a percentage no, of no, guys. It's, it's a, well, it's, it's an, it's an interesting question. I think it's kind of an important question to ask because it gets to how are pitchers being reared? Uh, what are teams doing? in order to prepare pitchers to go deep into games. Um, and in some cases, the answer is nothing or, or not enough. And I, I look at a guy like Kirby, who's averaging more than six innings to start this season. And, and to me, <laughs> when a guy's averaging more than six innings to start, that's actually someone who's, who's doing it right. Um, you know, when, when you look at George Kirby's game log, um, you see the shutout in there. And by the way, I was, I exaggerated my, I think my excitement over that playoff game last year, he went seven innings on nine. Nobody also came in to close out the blue Jays game. So he kind of had two big moments in those playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's just, he's consistently in games, but, uh, they don't throw him a lot of pitches. And and that, I think, is, you know, that's on the organization, right? Uh, I'm not suggesting that they should have or they could have. There, there's a very good chance that the organization sees something uh, in George Kirby's stuff where at the 100 or so pitch mark, it just it drops because 
this is not a guy uh, who's thrown more than 103 pitches this year. Like the, the game in question there, it was the second most pitches he'd thrown all season. Um, and it was only 102. So uh, the the notion that, um, you know, the notion that guys are going to be horses the way they were in the past, Brock, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't see that happening unless there are rules changes put into place that encourage guys to go pitch longer and deeper into games. What kind Otherwise, of rules um, You know, like, like a double arbitration hook. awards? No, 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 no. Like, the, do you know what the double hook uh, rule is? No. Uh, if you pull your starting pitcher, you lose your designated pitcher. Ah, uh, yes, yes. That sort of thing. Uh, if there, if there is incentivization for starting pitchers to stay in the game. For example, uh, instead of carrying 13 pitchers, teams are allowed to carry only 11. Well, what happens when you carry 11 pitchers? Your bullpen can get taxed a lot earlier, which means your starter needs to go at least 100, maybe more. Um, that these, these rules changes probably are not going to happen because I think organizations look at arms right now like they have absolutely no idea how to keep them healthy. And uh, this goes back to what I wrote in the book, which is now seven years old. Uh, The instinct of human beings when people get hurt is to do less of what got them hurt as opposed to strengthening uh, the, the areas that are getting hurt. And so while you have programs in place to strengthen shoulders, you can't strengthen an elbow ligament. Like a, you can't make a ligament bigger or give it more tensile strength. So you're always running up against the, this uh, immovable object in the elbow. And, and you're just hoping that what you do as an organization is not contributing to the degradation of it. And, uh, you know, in George Kirby's case, I think we look at his pitch counts and uh, that, that to me is going to be the sign of George Kirby's next evolution. Mm-hmm. When can he consistently go, or can he consistently go 110 pitches as opposed to the 100? Some great text messages coming in. Uh, Matt in Oregon says, Brock must really respect Passon's time because he has no problem asking 90-second questions to Jerry, but he's walking on eggshells with Passon. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Did he say passing time? Is uh, that what he said? No, he just says passing. The wine and, and passing then time? 509 wine. says, uh, I love how Jeff always notes that Brock asks good or interesting questions <laughs> and typically has little emotion beyond contempt for whatever Salk has to say. <laughs> Yeah, what's up with that? That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't seem right. Well, let me ask you a simple one here, Jeff, before we get going. Uh, with a couple simple weeks left in this season, yeah, exactly. If you're a Mariner fan, who should you be rooting against the most right now? Toronto, Texas, or Houston? And two of those teams playing each other this week. Uh, well, are are you saying who's the likeliest to collapse? It could be. I mean, you know, we could take it how you want. This is a this is an open ended kind of question, Jeff. The canvas not, is yours, yeah, Mr. We're, Ross. We're me, I'm trying to set my guest up to succeed. I've been accused of not always doing that in the past. Oh. Well thank you. I appreciate that. Um I, I would D- think minus. Texas just just because the the Mariners are playing Texas the most, right? Like they if if they go into those series with the Rangers with a little bit of a, a buffer because the Rangers collapse continues, then 
well, uh, that, that would be a helpful thing. So I think because they're playing them the most, the, the logical answer there is Texas. Uh, the emotional answer is obviously Houston. Yeah. Um, just because generally speaking, I'm, I'm not going to lump myself in this category, but generally speaking, people hate the Astros. Um, and, and the, uh, the, the answer, if you, if you want to deeply appreciate the supremacy of the AL West, alongside or perhaps even above the AL East this year would be Toronto because you could have three AL West playoff teams. Who's the weakest team of the four? Of, well, let's leave the Mariners out of it for now. Who's the weakest team of the other three? Pains me to say this because I've been on them all year, but I, I and, and I don't think it's because of how they've played recently. I think it's because they're missing their third baseman. They're missing their right fielder. Like, the Rangers are banged up. They are not the best version of themselves right now. The Blue Jays are playing good baseball. The Astros are pretty healthy. And uh, the Mariners with Kelnick back? Like, is there a, is there a significant injury uh, that, that there's a guy waiting to get healthy? Yeah. No, just that. Man, he was so close yeah. yesterday, Jeff. He could have been the hero in the, in the ninth. You like Bonnie Tyler? So I love Bonnie Tyler. You like Bonnie Tyler? I do. We were searching for a hero, and he had every chance in the ninth. Jeff, he had every chance. Bases loaded. It's uh, all set so up. You right. couldn't have written a better script. We got to get going. We got to let Jeff get going. He's off to uh, cry with his kids and watch uh, Patrick Mahomes. Apparently, not something I expected today. You never know what you're going to get when you talk to Passon. But that's what we got today. Thank you, Jeffrey. We'll talk to you next week. Look forward to it, boys. See ya. There you go. There's Jeff Passon every week. Uh, we do that Tuesdays at 8.30, and we'll replay uh, Wednesday morning at 6.30 if you miss it, or you can always just find it on uh, seattlesports.com or wherever it is you get your podcast. Hmm. That's fun. Yeah? There's a lot in there, huh? Yes. <laughs> this Kirby one, it's over, it's done. You know, I had that I... Kirby question that you had, Brock, but I had it in just like five words. I know. Kirk, oh. Does Kirby have a legitimate fear of getting hurt? That was that was the question I had written down. Like, does he? I think it's a fair question. Like, I I I'm with you. I think it's a really good question you asked. There's a piece of evidence. I, I want to hit on this quickly. I All don't right. want to belabor it. There's so much other stuff going on. It feels like it's been there. It's done. It's over. But there is just one thought I can't get over in that conversation. I'd like to hit on it next. It's Brock and Salk.